Hey, Jeffrey. Hey, Jeff. Welcome to Hey, Jeff, a podcast about Survivor. My name is Brett. I'm Danielle. Danielle, just hit me with it. You want to start? Well, I wanted to start by kicking off by saying happy Thanksgiving. It's like it's Saturday. So Thanksgiving's over. Black Friday's over. But it's still, you know, post Thanksgiving season, like weekend where people are still eating leftovers. They're still shopping, trying to get those deals. Right. I tell you, I hit the bars last night. Nobody Mm -hmm. was around. Not a soul was around. Wow. It was empty. It was empty here in Los Angeles because everyone is in. Cincinnati or yeah or wherever they came from wherever they're from I'm mm-hmm. from LA so I'm just here I tell you yeah. it's been it's been empty but tonight I'm going to see the newest release of of son of of the San Fernando Valley mm-hmm. Paul Thomas Anderson I tell you licorice pizza. the licorice pizza screening tonight there's only, it's only playing at one theater in LA it's going to be a who's who of bloggers yes. uh former musicians and all sorts of, of you know, scrup- yeah, <laughs> scrupulous Los Angeles uh, t- film types. I'm excited to hear your review because I obviously love PTA, but I am not that excited. The mo- the trailer for this movie did not excite me, well, even though I, I'm sure I'll end up seeing it. But what I wanted to say about Thanksgiving is, let me just tell you something, <laughs> Americans. Thank- American Thanksgiving in Canada? doesn't exist right because we have our own we have our own thanksgiving it's in october but i took i took a couple days off because i was like well american thanksgiving let me i'll watch the parade we'll eat some thanksgiving type food you know how i had to watch the parade in canada (laughs) the same way you watch a big brother u.s not even like I, it wasn't you got a co- clothes hanger and you stand on your, your roof until something <laughs> I comes wish in. I could have just sent my husband to do that no I had to fi- I had to go on YouTube find a local TV Canadian TV station and check out their live stream because you could see like clips of stuff but nothing live and you know I want to see the live whole whole ordeal the whole enchilada I want to see Al Roker I want to see the production value. I want to see people extreme close-up HD of the dancers and the lip-syncing, the Broadway numbers. I want to see the Black Eyed Peas minus Fergie on a float. That's why I'm watching Did the that parade. Happen? Yes. <laughs> so, but you know what this live stream was? Literally this new, I don't even know what channel it was. It was like KCEN or something. They could afford only to hire someone who lived in New York to go there, set their iPhone up on a tripod and call it a day. That's what the live stream was. There was no commentary, no close-ups, no camera angles. It It was was actually going to the parade. It was the view of someone who actually went to the parade. You stand there and nothing happens. And you're okay, there's Garfield. Exactly. But then you couldn't even like crane your neck up to look at Garfield. The parade has, is... And has always been worthless. <laughs> Trash. I do not you- watch the parade. When I was a child, I watched the parade because it was great to see my favorite characters. Bart Simpson, Garfield, oh, yeah. a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> Charlie Brown. Bl- Charlie Brown. Doing, being a big old balloon. Yeah. What is the parade? What is it? Nothing happens for no, hours. No, but it's here's. Like, why do adults see a flow? Like, why does my dad is like loves the parade? He, I come downstairs, it's like a Dragon Ball Z is floating. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. I, I don't. I don't know what Dragon Ball Z is. Yeah, I saw Mr. the Dragon R Ball Z. Certainly one. does not know what Dragon Ball Z is. <laughs> I thought it was Yu Gi Oh. <laughs> oh yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> but I I don't know what that is either. It, here's what it is. It's three hours of live television. That's what I like. I like the liveness of it. And I don't sit and watch. I just have it on because okay, sure. it has ambient sounds of like American, mm. American production value, American tr- heritage, you know. And by American heritage, I mean lip syncing. So that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, I'm anti. I'm anti the parade. I never watch it. I stopped watching it as a child because it's like nothing is going on. Okay, you've seen one balloon. 
of Snoopy, you've seen every balloon. Like nothing happens yeah. with the balloons don't do anything. The you live want- performances suck. like what and then it's like al roker and meredith vieira reading ad copy yeah for fucking three hours oh here comes the garfield balloon garfield this year is sponsored by american airlines american airlines gives back to the community in all sorts of ways that we we just say we do and uh, you have to trust us if you (laughs) don't fly american you're not hurt you're (laughs) not helping your your own community so think about that american airlines Buy a ticket, ride the ride, fool. Next I, up, totally. here's a marching band. I'm oh, sorry. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And if I was still living my lux life in America, oh. I would agree with you. But since I'm a have not here in Canada, you are have not eating slop. <laughs> I'm eating slop. There was no turkey for Danny this year on Thanksgiving. There was leftover slop. I'm quite. I, I live out quite outside the norm. I'm quite, quite anti-Orthodox. And that there was no turkey for Breddy either. <laughs> My family decided many years ago, we all kind of looked at each other and we're like, turkey sucks. No mm-hmm. one likes it. Yeah. So we have steak. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's delicious. Fine. I had some as nice sweet potato mash. Yeah. Had some Brussels sprouts. It was it was great. Delish. I mean, I my dream is to return to the states for American Thanksgiving and do sides only Thanksgiving. Oh yeah. Now that's what we're talking about. Oh so, yeah. Well, that's just one one beef I have <laughs> with my past week. While everyone, uh, while I'm looking on social media and everyone's having a great time celebrating Thanksgiving the normal American way, Black Friday, I log on to my computer. Oh. And I think to myself, it's I crack my knuckles and I think it's time to get some deals. You know, last year I didn't do as much. This year, there's a lot of stuff I want to buy. So I figure, let me see if any of it's on sale. Because I keep a, I do it strategically. I keep a mental list of stuff I want to buy. And then if it goes on sale for Black Friday, great. I was going to buy it anyway. Might as well get a deal. Do you know how many of these websites do not ship to Canada? All of them. All of them. <laughs> So not only could I not have my parade, I didn't have a Thanksgiving feast. I couldn't even enjoy the most American thing of all, which is a mediocre deal. Participating (laughs) in the economy. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So I just, I had a very bitter Thanksgiving, I have to say. But what I learned is that I should not spend American Thanksgiving in Canada. So next year I will be in America somewhere for American We welcome you back. Thank you so much. I... I was going to ask about Black Friday. So, like, they don't have jeans? They don't have Levi's jeans in, in <laughs> Canada? So, what you have to do, here's what's, here's the real rub. So, I do have the VPN, right? And I just have it turned on all the time to be America. Yeah. But so, it takes me to American websites. Oh. American shopping experiences. So, you know, I, I get to the website. Let, let's say it's like Zara. Zara.com. And there's like a gorgeous, a gorgeous entry page. And there's like here looking for deals. Here they are. All these great deals. And I'm like getting excited. I'm adding them to my cart. And then when I see, oh, wait, this is all in USD. No wonder it's all so fucking cheap. And these then- deals are for, for <laughs> American citizens only. Yes. So these then I go to the- <laughs> are for people who sacrifice themselves on the beaches of Normandy. June <laughs> yes. 6, 1944. So then I, I realized my mistake. I turned my VPN off and go to the Canadian website. Let me tell you, this HTML, uh, 12, I might as well have made this website, okay? It's like a janky-ass version of the American one. There's no Flash. There's no Adobe. It's just a couple links slapped together. And then the deals, not so much. It's like 10% off. 10% off is not a deal, by the way. Don't come, don't send me an email saying, ooh, celebrate Black Friday with our 10% off deal. That's a slap in the face. So the Canadian, so if you go to the, if you turn off the VPN, you go to the Canadian. Yeah. They're like, no holidays today. Full freight, motherfucker. They they still pretend like it's Black Friday, but the deal. The deals, the deals are not close. existent. Oh, okay. It's like instead of 40% off, it's like okay. free shipping. <laughs> that's all you get, you know? So that's sad. I will also say I did not participate in the shopping 
a part of the holiday the either. Capitalism. No, no. The only <laughs> thing that happened, I my AirPods broke a couple weeks ago. I, they they had to get repaired, and my repair wasn't done until yesterday. So I went to the mall today as early as humanly possible, so I didn't have to interact with a soul. Yeah. And I had Apple give me goods for free <laughs> that I had bought and they had. Yeah, that Apple Care baby. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I have a couple things I need to buy, but like, I don't know. They're not. I have a well, great fancy taste. Like, I don't know. I, I yeah. want to buy a new laptop, but they're not they're not marking off the new brand new no. Apple laptops. <laughs> I can buy that whenever I want. No, I'm so. buying bullshit. I tweeted this, but I wish that garbage bags went on sale. Because you know what I could use? A big tub of garbage bags. Uh, yeah, I have so many. I could ship some to you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I have so many. I also have, I know you guys are here for really uh, an excellent <laughs> and emotional episode of Survivor that Danielle forgot about until right now. <laughs> we got to talk about garbage bags. I have, I have a trash can. It's got two little bins. It's big, but it's got two, mm-hmm. bin, it's got a recycle. It's got a yes. trash inside of it. And the, I bought in, I bought into the fucking vertical integration yeah. Of the simple human sure. brand. <laughs> yeah. And I like to read simple human as a machine or some sort of non-human organism, uh, uh, an alien race, uh, uh, a, a machine race being like, ha, 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 simple human. You must <laughs> buy these custom trash bags. Yeah. So I oh. have the custom trash bags. I have the H and I have the V. Can I put a regular trash bag in there? Absolutely. Oh. Does it fit tight? Is it form fitting to the the bin? Mm. Absolutely not. A clingy. Okay. Oh. Absolutely not. <laughs> it's too loose. Too loose. I gotta do the thing with the. I don't. I, God bless our the janitors of America, of Canada, of the world who know yes. how to do the thing where they put the trash bag. In the can, and then they tie off the end so it's like yeah. completely tight. Mm-hmm. I don't know how to do that. I'm not talented enough to do that. So instead of buying bags, regular bags, I have to pay upward. I have to drop over a $20 bill to buy these custom bags mm-hmm. as the garbage can laughs at me. Ha ha ha. Simple human. I mean, I know that we really can't spend 20 minutes talking about garbage, but... We did why not? I, myself, was quite tempted earlier this year. I really wanted to get an automatic trash can. Have you seen those? You just wave your hand above it. Oh, no, no, that's too much. There's a pedal. There's a pedal on mine. I feel like I'm a Keith Moon type or something like that. What turned me off of it was that... (laughs) <laughs> you have to get the custom bags. I was like, I'm no sucker. <laughs> so I didn't get it. Those simple human custom bags, they are not inexpensive. And sometimes they're hard to come by. Mm-hmm. I had to get, at one point I was out and I needed to get some. And Amazon only had clear plastic ones. Mm, so when I trudged out to, I know no one wants to see trash. First of all, it's disgusting. And when I do my walk of shame from yeah. the tra- trash can to the trash chute, people are going to see my my unmentionables. Disgusting. They're going to see what I do. <laughs> he had Chinese food again. <laughs> what a slob. Why even make clear, gar- like, there should be absolutely no viscosity, no transparency to a Opacity. garbage bag. Opacity, yeah, sorry. That that's what there should not be that at all. Why which lame brain designer got paid a billion dollars to come up with clear garbage bags? Well, we gotta figure out, we gotta dive into the uh into the, the language, but we gotta see if if that is in either the the one trillion dollar infrastructure bill or if it's in the <laughs> second build back better bill oh, from God. our guy Joe Byron. Uh, that I mean, thank you for reminding me a reason I am glad I don't live in the States where I don't have to worry about that shit anymore. Uh, I'm not worried about it. Has, none of it has any effect over me unless I don't die in a bridge collapse. <laughs> um, all right. 
Okay. Now, that as a treat, <laughs> since you all got through that, we'll talk about Survivor. <laughs> what a great episode this week. Oh, my God. It was fantastic. I... I think this is certainly an episode that made me really like this season a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I unfortunately was spoilt ah. on the result before I saw the episode. But having that context and seeing how things transpired, uh, you know, sort of knowing how the how the dominoes fall uh, was certainly interesting. I still was emotional. I, I it was still. Uh, quite an ending for our dear Shan. Ah, uh, um, I thought it was incredible. Um, cause honestly I wasn't that dialed in for the first little bit of the episode. I was even, I even found myself thinking like, this is a boring, um, reward, like the pizza <laughs> and the beds, like Ricard won. I was like, yeah, whatever, who cares? Then when Ricard won the immunity challenge, I mean, honestly, the last, I think it was like the last 15 minutes when Ricard gave his testimonial where he was like, I think now might be the time to yeah. cut chant. That's when I was like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. And I was like, I was really rooting that he would do it because I, this is what we hope and pray and dream for on Big Brother is for someone to realize like, yes, they're my ally and they've helped me. But you know what? It's time to slice and dice and move on. And the fact that he did that, I know we've made fun of him in the past for being strategic mastermind. But this was actually a very good decision, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I I mean, this... There's no one. There's no one left. I mean, there are people left, but Ricard is is the king. Xander is hiding in the background, doing his like <laughs> extremely earnest hiding in a bush, like, <laughs> yeah. with his immunity, just cackling. He's just giggling to himself, watching all of them scurry around. Here's a question for you. Yeah. Okay. Was Shan's downfall, in a way, all Liana's fault? <laughs> Liana. Um, yeah, Liana tells if... Uh, like, yeah, if she I, hadn't told her that, and then Shan hadn't gone to tell Ricard... Ricard might have been a little bit like, hey, yeah, I'm going to try to win, but I don't need to win. Yeah, and all, yeah, exactly. And then also, like, it's too soon, still don't need to do this. I don't know. I just think, inadvertently, she caused the dom- you know, the butterfly domino effect where... That's interesting. Yeah. Liana is, uh, I'll just say, she's a frustrating player to watch. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I would agree. I think she's a bit sloppy. I I don't, like, I I mean, I could see her getting to the end, but not, but I I don't know. Like, she's almost, she's kind of just like, uh, I feel like a pawn to some other people, like to Danny and Deshaun. And there was even that part where the the groups had split up post um, reward challenge, and the, there was the pizza group and the sad <laughs> rice group. Yeah. And Danny and Deshaun are kind of planning, and they go to Liana, and they're like, and they're like, they, they want to get at Ricard, and they're like, someone's been gaining a lot of steam, and Liana's like, Shan, Erica, <laughs> <laughs> no Ricard, silly. <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I mean, but that's the beauty of this game, right? What you just brought up. Yeah, Liana, in a way, a butterfly flapped its wings and caused a chain of events for Shan to go home. But as we saw today in Shan and Liana's um, relationship, in Shan and Ricard's relationship, like, yeah, you want to be able to, I mean, and even the relationship of the four, like the the four that were, you know, we're, you know, people in our mentions and we've even compared to the cookout in some way, like, yeah, you want to go win. Yeah, I do have $100,000 of student loan debt. Right. But I also have these extremely personal connections, not to mention the cultural connections of how important it is for someone from my community to win this game versus mm-hmm. anyone else. So, yeah, there's a way to play it mathem- mathematically correct. Ha, 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 simple human. Yeah, There's also a way... But you also do that, and it's like, 
okay, am I actually going to stab my best friend in the back here or someone who I shared some one of the most influential moments of my life with? I just need to be honest with them because I can't live with myself the other way or I can't look at them in the eye without doing that. So, I mean, that's the beauty of this game, right? Is like you can try to play it one way, but the emotional side of it is always just like this incalculable factor. There's yeah. no way to, to to control it or predict it. And it hits me even more whenever they we have the lower third of like 19 days into the game. Where I'm like, 19 days is nothing. It's nothing. But these people have such powerful connections. And of, at, like, it makes sense, of course, for Liana and Sean to have that. We've They've gone through it in the episode. And it is some... I think someone in our mentions brought it up how it only goes to show what the cookout pulled off really was very difficult. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and the amount of times where it almost fell apart, yeah. right? Where they're like, yeah. fuck it. We just need to get out Kylan this week because he's such a fucking, he just won't stop mansplaining to me. But oh, man, I'll we need say, to get out Tiffany because she's so much smart. She's so much mm -hmm. better than, you know. Maybe short term I'll, or long term, I'll feel differently. But short term, I will say this way of doing things was thrilling, much more exciting TV. Yeah. than watching what happened on Big Brother this season. I was like, oh my God, thank God. Uh, absolute black, uh, blindside blackout, like yeah. backstab. <laughs> it was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I was feeling the same way leading up to this week. You know, like, okay, oh, is this four going to kind of steamroll here? Which is, you know, good for them. Like, I understand. Yeah. I understand the personal strategy of having a core four that doesn't betray each other. I understand the cultural importance of why it is important. We saw Deshaun and I believe Liana kind of break down and cry about mm -hmm. like how difficult the last year, year and a half has been for black yeah. folks. Like, yeah, absolutely. I'm someone who is not black, obviously, but I watch the same things. I, <laughs> I watched what happened on January 6th. I watched what happened this week or last week. The two yeah. major court cases in the United States, which I'm not going to get into. Mm -hmm. One could imagine if you listen to this podcast, how I feel. Yeah. Um, And, and I talked to some of my black coworkers about it. And yeah, it's like, I under, I, I could never fully understand, but I hope that I have a, enough of a, a like a 90% understanding or anyways, whatever totally. we're talking about. Yeah. It's super. And I, and I understand also why it's just like, Hey, us four have recognized each other as a group. Let's stick together and vote mm -hmm. for each other to, to win. Cause that would be important too. Even if only one of us gets to the end or only two of us gets to the end. So yeah, <laughs> lots of tears were shed. The rain fell on Fiji and the rain fell from the eyes of the players. I, so I asked this to my husband as we were watching, and I think it now, after you said all that, it became more clear and maybe it should have been more clear to me in the first place. But I was like, why is Shan so mad at Deshaun and not at Ricard? And it's like becoming more clear. It's because they, what they had was meant to be like the cookout with the four, right? Of like, it's for something bigger. It's for the culture. Where, but I was just like, but Ricard is her absolute number, like one in this game. And he really just really just backstabbed her. But she was like, good job, Ricard. I'll give you my million, like million dollar vote. And she was like, screw you, Deshaun. I was like, Deshaun also played, you know, a backstabby game. Why did he have to, why'd she have to hate on him? Well, Shane and Deshaun have like, I mean, I guess it's similar. I mean, we saw Shane have this type of relationship with every single person in the game mm -hmm. for some I did. I had a hard time recognizing it as a viewer, but you saw Deshaun say, you saw Ricard say, you saw other people being like, and I, I don't know if this is just something about being in the room with Shan or being on the beach with Shan, or if it's just like par partially just like whispering, like maybe just like a masculine versus feminine mm -hmm. thing where you yeah, saw yeah. these guys be like, Anytime Shan disagreed with them, you'd be like, oh, well, Shan's just super controlling. Yeah. No, maybe. <laughs> hold it. Breaks for a minute. Maybe she's just disagreeing with you. Doesn't mm -hmm. seem like she's being controlling from my perspective. I don't know. And, and, and D, uh, Deshaun had one of the best quotes of the night 
too, he said the number one person standing in your way is your is also your biggest supporter. And and he said that of Shan. And, and it, it, it you know, it just goes back to like how emotional this game is it, it complicated this game is getting for people. And I think what you had mentioned um ties back to this moment that they had at the pizza party. Where'd they get <laughs> those pizzas, by the way? And those pizza boxes. Like yeah, a real New boxes. York pizza box. I know. I, once again, I, ma- I made a note. I literally wrote down the pizza, whatevs. That pizza did not look particularly uh, good. It was from the box. I uh, mean, <laughs> best case scenario, <laughs> best case scenario, that pizza had to be on a boat for like an hour. <laughs> what the hell was I I'm talking about? I'm sure it tasted good to them. I just... It's my consistent note for the Survivor producers is take some more honor in the way you portray food on film. Why don't you? you I'm sure Jeff Probst has a mansion on this island. Why don't you just fly out like a $4,000 pizza oven that gets up to like a nice 800 degrees or that, something like that? Real that like wood fire. <laughs> another thing that hit me. And I know we know this. It's literally like the title of the show. But when Jeff Probst in um, in this week's said, uh, in my 41 year, 41 seasons, I'm still learning how to play this game. And I was like, 41 fucking seasons. <laughs> that is so many seasons. This show has been going for so long. They do so much. Good for them. Good for them. Anyway. Anyways, there was that moment at the pizza party where Shannon Ricard have a little strategy talk and they're like, it's so interesting. It's almost like it's almost like a marriage, or it felt like a real relationship between like two adult people who loved oh, each yeah. other. Yes, but like maybe knew they would never get married to each other. Maybe knew that one of them never wanted a kid, while the other one did, and that while they loved each other, they would ultimately have to break up. And there was that conversation and like they they had never even vocalized, oh, yeah, we have a final two together because they knew that was never going to happen. Yeah. It was so, uh, I don't know, it was just so real and adult. It was like a marriage mature. story on HBO. Oh, <laughs> Honestly. No, a scenes from a marriage. Did you watch that? Scenes from a marriage. Sorry. So sorry. No, I haven't. Marriage Story was Netflix. My bad. Yeah, that movie was good. And no, I I totally agree. That sort of realistic of like, there's a respect, there's a love, but this is just not going to work out. So who's keeping the kid? You know, (laughs) like, yeah, (laughs) um, not Adam Driver. He's always jet setting back and forth. He's doing this Broadway show. He's sleeping with the actresses. He's R.I.P. Sondheim, by the way. He's singing company at karaoke night. R.I.P. Sondheim. Truly. Yeah. We got to maybe get into that later. (laughs) We we got a couple questions about Survivor. So should we just make sure we fit those in? Oh, yeah, Um, for sure. From BBFan022, how excited are you that King Xander survives another week? Girl, you don't even want to know. I am so excited. Just because he's just this little roach. (laughs) That was one thing I was thinking. I was like, I can't believe Xander's right there and they're going after Shan. Like, he's there. He's weak. Well, not weak. He has, I know he has an idol, but like, he's, he didn't win the immunity idol. So it's as good a time as any. He has no allies. (laughs) Like, he's every week I know he's constantly like, worming his way more and more into their hearts to try to become become a- allies with them. And I'm that's, just, yeah. That's the thing about this game is like, when you're like public enemy number one, all you have to do is literally survive one, maybe two tribal councils and everyone just forgets about you. They really yeah. do. That happens all the time. Another person who I'm going to talk about here and will absolutely go home this week as a result of me talking about her on these pod waves. Erica. I agree. Public enemy, number one. <laughs> no one likes her, including the, the people who were on the original tribe with her. Yeah. They sent her to fucking Death Island. She had to <laughs> she smash that glass, which upset a lot of people, put a lot of people at risk. I know. And she, she's just hanging out. If she gets to the end, because I know, again, by me, I like Erica a lot. I like Erica yeah. so much. 
If she gets to the end, man, that is a story. A hundred percent. fucking lived in the fucking ditch where y'all <laughs> left her for dead. Of course, she's going to go home this week. My, but yeah. she, you know, talk about going from public enemy number one. She wins immunity last week. Now it's like, I don't know. Danny's working with her. I don't know if Danny totally trusts her that much, but there's, uh, you know, a b- bit of a conversation there. And I think she played. Erica, by the way, played uh, tribal council really, really, really well because she was her whole goal was to make Shan feel so safe in that mm-hmm. uh, tribal so as to not use her uh, Shan's um, idol. And she all she is doing is saying like, hey, we worked together last week and like we kind of we worked together to blindside Nasir like we have the building of something real there. And I think that really did make Shan feel safe. Meanwhile, by the way, you know who got a lot of lines this week? Who? Who got two lines? Our girl Tiffany. <laughs> Usually, don't <laughs> oh, yeah. get a lot of lines Bravo. from from <laughs> from the dead. But Tiffany's like they they cut. They were talking about Erica and said she's like, oh, I feel like I'm very trustworthy. And they cut to Tiffany and she was like sarcastically, like, oh, very trustworthy. <laughs> and then they cut while they were doing the vote or something. They cut to Tiffany and she goes, Bravo. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If we need like a. New cultural critic at the New Perfect, York Times. Yes. We got Perfect we got our peanut, lady. <laughs> peanut gallerist. Um, <laughs> but also, might I say, looking luminous. And so is Nasir, looking great. Evie also looking very good. It's so funny when they go to the other side of the I love fire. when they take a shower. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I I I wrote down Erica underrated queen or under the radar queen because yeah. And she won an she won an immunity challenge last yeah. week or the week before. Yeah, last week. Like the, the, she's the, like not the two parter. Yeah. Yeah, she's not bad at. She's got some skills. I am hoping that she can have like an amazing comeback story from being truly the bottom of the barrel. No one wanted to work with her. They had to like. I think there was one episode where there are two opportunities to pick between her and someone else and both times it was like mm, we want Nasir <laughs> or like you know like not Erica yeah. whoever else so and Heather just, is like her underling too like Heather <laughs> kind of just follows her around and is her muscle it's great yeah yeah no I love to see it so yeah absolutely well played this week Erica um we got a question from E. Tulinator. How did you feel about Ricard's move and his new status as comp beast in addition to strategic mastermind? So, (laughs) you know what? It's like I have to... Exactly. Brett's putting his hands up and he's doing like the Wayne's World bowing motion. We are not worthy. We aren't worthy. We were mocking him because, frankly, I thought it was a little premature for him to be called the strategic mastermind. But now, I'm 100% won over. It's sort of like... Xander won me over, and now Ricard won me over. I think the interesting... I want to talk about uh, Emily's question, but I kind of want to talk about in the the context of Kent's question here, because there is a conversation to be had about the future of Ricard. Magnificent says, I'm bummed that the four black survivors couldn't hold it down like the cookout on hashtag BB23. Anyway, will this move to get out Shan hurt our papaya king Ricard in the future? To your first point, as we mentioned, I think it goes to show how difficult it was what the cookout did and that my that that strategy is more a rarity than something we can maybe count to expect in future seasons of Big Brother or Survivor. It's just harder with the emotional side of it to hold it down and people get jealous and people say, you know what, I'm playing my game here. There's only one... One million dollar prize. There's only one seven hundred and fifty thousand dollar prize. There is only one one hundred thousand dollar prize plus a free domestic vacation <laughs> within <laughs> within Canada, sponsored plus by a soap company. Yeah. Anyways, about Ricard. Tough. I I like Ricard a lot. We even talked last week about how it almost feels as if the edit is setting him up for a final three. Mm-hmm. I can't think of someone who has a bigger target on their back yeah. at the start of next episode than Ricard. And he doesn't have an idol. 
I mean, are, shouldn't there be two other idols floating out there with Nasir and Shan uh, both being evicted and not and taking their idols home in their pocket? Um, well, there was the one that Jeff put on the bench that no one found. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so still on that, that bench, one. floating in the sea. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I I like Ricard. I like Ricard a lot. I hope he gets far. I don't see how he. Uh, I, and, and I think it would be deserving. Like, I don't see how he's not the winner of the season right now. Yeah. If it were to end today, if it were to come down to a vote. Obviously, Shan is on that jury and is going to be a pro Ricard voice and you see in other survivor finales how the jury members they put pressure on each other they make some people don't use their time to ask a question to people some people use their time to do a whole like gregory peck thing and be like (laughs) this is why y'all should vote for this person inherit the wind <laughs> uh, so, but at the same time, like he doesn't have any idols. He's gonna have to go on a pretty hot, pretty big run here. He's already won two immunities and a uh, safe and a, a reward. Like mm-hmm. that's a lot. And there's still like five, six episodes left. He's gonna have to win a lot more immunity idols or find them. Well, what I'll say is, Ricard is giving me what I need, which is. He is winning comps, but he's also making insane moves where like backstabbing his best friend in the game while also, and this isn't like really his choice. It's the producers and editors, but he's getting like a very interesting edit where they're showing, you know, that he's hard of hearing or they give him those extreme close ups during comps showing the intensity on his face. So like. He just feels like a very well-rounded character to me right now and the type of character that I like because he, for example, Papaya King ate that papaya <laughs> after he <laughs> had a full meal. Like, just doing little things like that. To me, that's a very well-rounded, fun character to be amused by. So I'm I'm rooting for him to stick around and give us a little more drama, at least. Um, but yeah, I also think Final Three written all over him. Uh, you'd love to see it. Yeah, um, I think that was it for survivor questions. Uh, oh, we have other questions. But we do have other. First of all, we have um, we have a recommendation. Yeah. Okay, so this is from Halverson21S. Recommendation, Sex Lives of College Girls on HBO Max. So this is Mindy Kaling's new show on HBO Max. And I saw the trailer what you know? I never took your temperature on Mindy Kaling as a creator, Brett. Any thoughts? For these reasons, sharks, I am out. <laughs> well, I think she's very talented, but I I didn't like the Mindy project. I was like, this just doesn't feel right. Like no. the jokes were always really funny, but I just it wasn't a good fit for me. Whereas the trailer I saw for College Sex Life with College Girls, and I was like. This is it. This is what Mindy Kaling should have been doing the entire time. Writing for college girls who are like excited, their first time having sex or like um, having crushes and being in that like educational institution place where they're so smart. I don't know. It just makes so much sense. So I haven't watched it yet, but I am excited to watch it. I thought the trailer looked really good. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know. I haven't been like a big Mindy Kaling person. I didn't think the Mindy project was very good. I gave it many episodes. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Like, I, it never jumped for me. Yeah, I am very proud of her career, <laughs> but it's just like enough. I don't know. It just like doesn't really connect with me. Again, lots of comedy doesn't really connect with me. Yeah, I'm sure the show is very good. I, no, I, it's just not. It's just not going to be for me. It's just not going to be for me. We also and that's along, fine. They're, yes, they make things for me. They're making a fourth Matrix movie. <laughs> They're making. Zach licorice is somewhere pizza. out there. They're making licorice <laughs> pizza. They make yeah. things for white guys. <laughs> There's so many. And that's fine. I And while I do like things that aren't made for white guys, sometimes I'll, sometimes I just, they don't connect. And it's like, well, this wasn't intended to connect with a 34-year-old yeah. white man. I'm like, that's fantastic. I love, she's having a great career. I don't know. I don't want to, I don't, I don't like watching, I'll be, I'm a prude. I'm a prude baby. I don't like watching too much sex on television. It's just weird for me. I don't know why. It's just like the least. It's like, okay, so we're just not going to watch. So it's not porn because it's on HBO. (laughs) 
Right. It's art. So we're just going to appro- we're just going to do like <laughs> smooching and and faces and stuff like show me drama. Show me Tom Wamsgams eating an omelet. <laughs> <laughs> so well, as we all yeah. know, old Ding Dong Danny is ready for the horny horny subplots to start rolling in. She wants the Avengers to do it. <laughs> and she's tired of sexless. Danny's a slash fiction person. Yeah, exactly. So it might be right up my alley. And speaking of other things that are right up my alley, we also got, um, well, it's a question, not quite a recommendation from e Tulinator. Did you see the House of Gucci and or Spencer? Now, Why isn't about- this a double feature? In Los Angeles. <laughs> I would go. <laughs> Some of things that are up my alley. I have very sad news. After last week, when I know I was hyping up House of Gucci, I have not seen it yet. But it is a top priority for me. And um, the reviews are very mixed, which yeah. is my favorite kind of movie. <laughs> and then yeah, you're Spencer, it, yeah. Spencer, I do want to see it. I'm, I'm a Kristen Stewart supporter. I wouldn't say I'm a stan, but I'm a supporter. Um, it's just tough because I'm like, it's not as exciting to me because the crown did such a good job with the Diana storyline and the actress who did it was truly to me at the pinnacle. So it's going to be hard, hard to so beat, but I do want to see it. And biting her lip is not going to do it for you. I don't, I don't know. I'm going to have to see it and make up my mind, but it, it's on my list. I want to it see looks- it. I mean, yeah, it looks good. I'll I'll check it it's out. The same director as Jackie, and I enjoy. I was going to say, thoroughly. yeah, it was, the, it was the guy who does Jackie. He just his thing is is sad, doomed historical women Big of the twentieth century. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fashionable ladies crying in their closets. Who else can fine. he get? Who else can he should he do? Who should he do next? Hillary Clinton. Oh, Hillary. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're bopping around. We did America. We did. We should do someone in France. Carla Bruni, you know. Um, sure. <laughs> who knows? Well, well, they'll figure it out. I think the guy is, or maybe he's Italian. The director. Um, but so those are great suggestions. Great uh, pop culture moments coming up that we're excited about. Um, we also got a question. This leads us into our next discussion point, anyway, which is from Halverson. Why was that bathroom scene between Roman and the fascist in Succession so sexual? So let's talk about Succession. First, let's hit this question head on. Why was it so sexual? Because it was. Because (laughs) they want each other. (laughs) Like, Roman has no scruples. It puts the lotion on the skin or else it gets the hose again. And boy, (laughs) Roman was putting the lotion on the skin. I said I don't like sex in television shows because it's like, what, what are we wasting our time on? I want drama, but I don't want, I don't need, I don't need everything to be airtight and hermetic. I want sexual tension. Yeah. I just have no interest in like watching actors pretend to have sex. I just think I don't know. No, like yeah. same with. Anyways, this was fire. I rewatched the episode last night. I honestly, I struggled with this episode a little bit. Really, I thought it was very strong. Here's the deal. Um, you, everything's great with Justin Trudeau up in up in the Great White North, but down here in the thick of it, I wouldn't say things are trending in the positive direction. Mm. My mileage <laughs> with fascists does not vary in that I have zero, zero room for fascists in my life. But you guys got those great deals. I wish the boot Friday. that they would lick. I wish the boot that they would lick would step on their neck. Yeah. So when this this episode was a little, it was good. But I was like, oh, we saw what was going on. Remember when they showed Justin Kirk? I'm like, this guy's going to win whatever thing is happening Ooh, in the episode. Where is he from? What else has he been he in? He was in Weeds. Oh, that's it? I don't know. Oh, no, he's been in a million things. Okay. He's been in a lot of things. So the moment I saw, like, all right, we're going to pick the next president of the United States, and we have, like, a fucking, like, Stephen Miller, Tom Cotton guy. Yeah, exactly. Played by the most famous actor and, like, most honestly, like, succession-y type actor of this this, uh, (laughs) rogues gallery of people who are vying to become president. I'm like, oh, it's going to be him. And like there were funny scenes, including the scene that Halverson mentions with Roman and 
and him in this bathroom. Roman's rubbing lotion on him. And it's like all the scenes with them had overt sexual tension because we know we know Roman is a sick little puppy dog who yeah. likes, uh, you know, he he I wouldn't say he has vanilla tastes. Can I just make one mention? Sorry. Yeah, go for it. I've been ranting. Whatever you said. <laughs> Justin Kirk, perhaps known to some for weeds, but known to me because he was in a little 2017 film called Molly's Game. Oh, Molly's Game, <laughs> a movie I certainly watched. And I did watch it. And I don't remember anything from it. <laughs> well, he's in it. I was like, that's why he's kind of familiar. Okay. Was he like I, playing? Was he playing poker in it? Probably. Yeah, he, he plays Jay. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jay, Jay from the movie Molly's Game. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I totally agree and get what you, what I appreciated was like, and clearly this is in a somewhat alternate universe because like Trump isn't president and never has been from what we can tell. And like they're the Murdochs, but you know, the Murdochs don't exist. It's its own very realistic, but slightly different dimension from ours. Right. But I did appreciate that instead of going with a Trump character, they are going with what happens after Trump, which yeah. is exactly what you said, like the Tom Cottons of the world, like who Trump opened this door, like he opened this Pandora's box and this is what you get next, which is people who are just pretty much, yeah, like, forget the dog whistling, just pretty much straight out saying, I don't like uh, other racists or Jewish people. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and I'm going to write an op-ed for the New York Times about why it might be all right to kill protesters. Yeah. Sorry yeah. I'm mentioning this for the second time in this episode. It probably is triggering for a lot of people. It is for me. Yeah. I guess it's now legal to kill protesters in Wisconsin. Moving on. From that, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's very scary what's happening in the country and what could be happening at the election um, one year from now in America and then the election two years from now in America. Um, so I just don't I have a very, very hard time like playing with these ideas and like laughing about it because it's mm -hmm. Roman and Justin Kirk and they're like there's like a weird like homosexual tension thing going on. You're like, wow, this is like really, and I rewatched the episode last night and I liked it more as, as, as I was able to kind of just let it sink in and kind of separate myself, as you mentioned, like, Hey, this is not reality. This is not what ha is happening in America now, but we're just playing with these, these things. So I liked it, but I don't know. I, I just, I just can't have a sense of humor about no, stuff totally. like that. But at the end, it's like, you were not supposed to. You see the look That's on what I was gonna say. Shiv's yeah. face. Shiv is absolutely horrified. And if anything, this seems like one of the greatest transgressions her father ever did to her. We're almost worse than how he treated her at the end of last week's episode. And I think what we're building to is at the so far this season, like Logan comes in kind of weak and we don't know what's going on with the Kendall thing. And nobody wants to join Kendall's side. Remember the second episode in 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 his in his daughter's bedroom. All the siblings are like, "No, I'm out. I don't want to be with you. You're a loser." Right. And then one by one, little things happen to each of them that I think will make them flip back towards Kendall. And I think we've seen that with Shiv in this episode and with Tom in this episode. We're like, Tom is just saying repeatedly, like, just have no hope, have no hope. I have, like, he refuses to even admit that, like, there's a chance he might not go to prison. And Kendall comes along and buys him an omelet and is like, I'm offering that to you. And you see it's, like, just eating Tom away. So, I don't know. I'm expecting probably, like, I don't know, maybe something bad to happen to Roman, something to happen to Connor, <laughs> where yeah. all, all the siblings at the end of this season have the reasons to finally switch back to Kendall's side. Mm -hmm. Maybe, think? maybe I think we're picking up steam. I mean, but we're also, aren't we, don't we only have like four episodes left? Something like that. Yeah. So I don't know if I have enough faith where that will happen for each of these kids for them all to like go back to Kendall's side. I think more realistically, that's what I liked though about, um, because I've said this before, even though I I like Shiv as a character, I don't root for her, right? Like, same for Kendall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, this episode was a perfect example. Like, you 
you could have, she's rich. Like she gets cut off at this point. She doesn't get to be CEO. She's still going to live an amazing life that, you know, hundreds of millions of people in the world will never even dream to live, right? Like she'll be fine. And yet, here's your opportunity to take a stand, to be the progressive Roy, to to actually, like, this is the biggest opportunity she would ever have. And yeah. she can't do it because her dad played her. He plays her yeah. like a fiddle. So I'm just like, that's very realistic to me. Um, where everyone wants to think like, oh, in this situation, here's what I would do. I would stand up and I would make myself known and I would use this opportunity a lot of people have and are like Shiv Roy. And that's how we're into the mess that we're in. Yeah. I mean, you could tell like she keeps the way she like argues for, I think the, the, the Senator's name is Delgado or Salgado. I, I apologize, but like you could just tell she keeps bringing them up and they're all like this, this guy is just like an empty suit who says nothing. Like, yeah, he's even more boring than the vice president guy who keeps licking his lips. <laughs> right. And like, that's the thing. They're above, they don't actually care because it's not actually going to affect them. The, it and the only thing affect that, them. And the only thing that affects them, even though Logan at the beginning of the episode was like, I don't like this guy, the fascist guy. Yeah. That's the one thing that he does care about is that he runs a cable news network and cable mm -hmm. news network's got to sell commercials. That's how and they make ratings, money. Baby. And they yeah. care about box office. And whether it was Fox News or CNN or MSNBC, fascists are box office. They are, you know, if it bleeds, it leads. They are the fire, uh, you know, on the news or the car accident on the news. Something I, I discussed a lot last year with all the protests going on and something that was really disappointing for me was the focus on looting. Hmm. Because it's, and I felt the coverage of it was really unfair and it really kind of cast a bad light on the people who were protesting and why they were protesting. Because it's much easier for even progressive news networks like MSNBC to show a target that's on fire or show people running in and out of an electronic store or something like that than it is to mm -hmm. discuss why people <laughs> it's much easier to show that than to discuss what has been happening for 400 years. Yeah. Like um, why? So, so it's even, it, it's even confusing to people who have, who are, you know, who are open and, and are probably on the right side of history, but even, even good minded, good hearted people are like, Oh, but the looting, it's like the looting isn't really happening. It's just that when you're a cable news network and you have like to fucking show ads and stuff, right. and you have to like run a network for 24 hours a day, it's just more photogenic to point the camera at the fire, at the building that's on 100%. fire than yeah. it is to talk about it. So Yeah. I don't know. Uh, yeah. 100%. Lots of discussions coming out of this week's succession. I know. We can't dive into it too much because it's like obviously a very, I mean, this is just a podcast about Big Brother. <laughs> like there's, there's, hey. there's much to discuss, but we can't really get into all of it with the type of nuance that the conversation Podcasts deserves. Podcasts that discuss political nuance are successful in this world. And maybe mm -hmm. you and I could be side characters in succession season four. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I do want to bring this up because this ties into what you said and it ties into our um, our favorite TV network that houses all of our shows. Um, Leslie Moonves had this quote about <laughs> Donald Trump. It might not be good for America, but it's damn good for CBS. And that's Absolutely. what you have to remember. That's what anyone, any one of these people it doesn't affect them. So they don't care if it's bad for America. They don't care if it's bad for society, if it's bad for democracy. They don't care. All they care is they're selling them ads. They care. The next quarterly earnings report, they say our ad revenue is up X percent. Mm -hmm. Give me my bonus, yeah. please. Exactly. Give That's all bonus, I care bitch. about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but I thought really good episode. And um, yeah, I didn't think it was like the funniest episode, but I thought it was very telling, very insightful, very... Um, just very good. And two other little things I, that I think were great from the episode were Tom's, when Tom is with Kendall and Kendall's trying to bring him over to his side, Tom ultimately decides not to. And he says, I, you know what they're doing in there? 
they're picking the next president. Like, what are you doing, Kendall? <laughs> like yeah. that, You're snapping this like, picture of me in a <laughs> Denny's parking lot thinking you got one over on me. I don't care. I have nothing. I'm a dead man walking. Yeah. You're like, and you're and, not in that room. And then um, I've seen you eat shit lots of times. I've never seen Logan eat shit. Yeah. Yeah. That was another really good uh, banger of a banger of a line from Tom. I am expecting, I am hoping and praying that this Sunday's episode is a banger. In the great tradition of succession episodes that take place at a party. Right. It is It is Kendall's 40th birthday party this week. I hope there's, you know, there's echoes of, of um, the Tom's bachelor party at the warehouse. Right. In Brooklyn. Well, and Brett loves a, Elks- part, a party anyway. <laughs> I love I love Bacchanal. Of uh, Logan's like Scotland reunion L to the OG party. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't know. It's, it's great every year. Succession is like, all right, <laughs> these people are going to go to a fancy party. Exactly. We got to blow the budget. Go well. <laughs> <laughs> we have some uh, leftover budget for the season. It's going towards this party. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for that. Okay, one last little thing about Succession. Okay. Am I going to have to start doing a hot or not for Shiv's outfits? Because you wouldn't be I the first not, on the internet. I'm not happy with the way Shiv has been dressing this season. This last episode really drove it home. They they put her in a turtleneck t-shirt and a vest. And I'm just like, this is not okay. This is not who she is. What happened? Is this meant to maybe once she chooses like to do the right thing, they'll dress her in something cool? Like a power she's, blue. Yeah, she's a fucking billionaire. Why is she dressed like in cast off like Ann Taylor Loft pieces? I don't yeah. like it. I don't like what I'm this seeing. This is Nordstrom rack. <laughs> yeah. I just don't like it. Um she's a gorgeous girl. Why aren't they yeah, there there's a lot that could be done here. So let's hope it's part of the character. I uh I'll defer to you on this on that one. Um, and then I just wanted to give a quick Will Smith update, Will Smith oh. wellness update. Yeah. Will Smith, for a long time, vomited when he orgasmed. <laughs> okay. I'm telling you guys, he's going through something. I just wanted to give an update. Like, Hold on. Did, <laughs> I did not see this. Maybe this, I've accidentally, maybe like in a previous life, I just muted Will Smith on Twitter. Don't worry. I'll Simultaneously find it. or shortly thereafter? Uh, Will Smith once had so much sex oh. that orgasms would make him vomit. Because it, dis- it was a disgusting experience for him. I guess. I don't know. But like. He's from the Roman Royce school of slime puppies. To- we need to check in on Will every once and, a, then, and again. And clearly this week he's not well. We, yeah. I mean, we need to, yeah, we need to send someone to his house and just knock and be like, <laughs> I, yeah. Meals on wheels. Do you, exactly. do you need some, do you need a turkey? Uh, does your fan, is, yeah. But he's still with Jada and the yeah, kids and Jada. stuff. Like yeah, I've never seen a sadder, emptier man who has like literally everything in the world. <laughs> He's on he's on Disney Plus like paragliding over glaciers and shit being like this is the most ex- uh, exhilarating moment every any human has ever uh felt. And then he's like going on like variety and being like I vomit <laughs> when I <laughs> orgasm <laughs> because sex is so disgusting to me. <laughs> it just goes to show, you know, he's He's the one of the most handsome, charming, successful men of the last fifty years, and yet he he too vomits when he orgasms. I would say so. they're I would say celebrities they're just like us, but actually no, actually no, I don't do that. I don't yeah. know. None of us here on the call do. <laughs> um, so there's if anyone was wondering, that's your Will Smith wellness update. Oh God. Um. Yeah, guys, I do have other things to chat about, but I think we're we're running we're gonna run a little too long if I get into them. So we'll save them for next <laughs> week. But thank you so much for your questions and comments. And I just want everyone to take a minute, uh, 20 seconds of silence, and hope and pray that I get to see House of Gucci this week because I really feel like it's my duty to see it. 
as a Gaga fan, as a pop culture aficionado. So let's hope that I can make it out there. Please send us more questions and comments at HeyJulieBB on Twitter. Email them. HeyJulieBigBrother <laughs> at gmail.com. And we'll see you next week. Bye, Jeff. Bye, Jeff. <laughs>